Blog Talk Radio. Two thousand and fourteen edition of once again Beyond the Gate Radio. Well we will definitely try to take you beyond the gate with our fabulous guest tonight. Our guest is SJ Wells and later we're gonna have her husband on Russ. Now my name is David and Baker, your usual host, and our co host today is Terrell Baker. Good evening, Terrell, and how are you? Good evening, David. I am doing fabulous. Great to be back on the radio. Hello, everyone out there listening. And um, hopefully everyone is getting weather that they need and having the start of a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. That's what we wish everybody, seasons, greetings. And tomorrow we will have uh, another repeat guest on, Psychic Cheryl Lynn. And January 11th, we're going to have the Fabulous Psychic Twins on for their yearly predictions. And we have some new upcoming guests, which we'll announce later. But right now, our guest tonight, I will tell you a little bit about S.J. Wells. She was admitted to a hospital at the age of five years old with double pneumonia and soon died after having a near-death experience. She came away from that experience with the ability to communicate, see spirits, hear their voices, and feel spirit energy. For 15 years of her childhood, she had to hold deep within the terror and realization that she could never share her secret with her family because of their religious belief and that all spirits were considered demons. Her fear of losing their love, possibly being committed to a mental health facility, or damnation to hell was more powerful for her than the suffering she did with the challenges she had to face on a daily basis. Now, S.J. Wells is the author of fiction and non-fiction titles in the paranormal genre. She has spent a lifetime as a spirit medium whose specialty is advising the public and guiding lost spirits of children and adults through the veil of the afterlife and into the realm of spirit. She is a 34-year veteran investigator with a few thousand investigations under her belt and considered by many a leading authority on the subject of the paranormal. She also has done many public speaking events to inform others 
on the true behind-the-scenes reality of ghosts and spirits, dispelling misconceptions about the afterlife. Now, if you want to contact Sandy, she has a blog, and is uh, all this is posted on the radio show page. All you have to do is click on the link. It's mediumsjwells.blogspot.com, and she also has a Facebook link, facebook.com forward slash SJ period Wells 333. She's published many books and is working on more. She's published uh, fiction books, Beyond Life, The Ghost Chronicles, Dark Possession, A Vampire's Legend, The Asylum, Josiah's Pain. She has a new nonfiction book, uh, Haunted, A True Story. She's been on Beyond the Gate Radio in the past, Backcat Lounge, the Sacred and the Paranormal, Paranormal Angels, Ghost Chat Radio, to name a few. She's also been on the Montel Williams Show with Sylvia Brown, who's on. Uh, also Seattle Paranormal. And she's been in uh, featured newspaper articles, some of which are on the slideshow of our radio, our radio show page. She's also been in the Seattle Times, the Everett Herald, and the Concrete Herald. We can go on, but we'd like to bring Sandy on the show. Good evening, Sandy. Welcome to Beyond the Gate. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. Great. Great to have you. Great to have you, Sandy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, we were just talking about cats. Uh Uh-huh. Prior yep. to the show starting, we were talking about our cats. You know, our cat likes to stand in front of the TV, too, and look at the TV and swat <laughs> it. But don't you notice yeah. a lot of psychics, mediums, paranormal investigators have cats? Uh-huh. Aren't cats a good indicator of paranormal activity in your home or somewhere? And if so, why would that be the case? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I found that, uh, well, you know, dog. Most animals are have their own psychic abilities anyway, but cats seem to be more in tune with the spiritual realm or spirits, and they, I mean, I know that our cat is, I mean, even though she's just a kitten yet, um, she's, she she notices things when, you know, like if something moves in the house or whatever, because we do have as well, <laughs> so you know That's she true. knows when they're around. Yeah. Yeah, she certainly does. Um, mm-hmm. So, you had a near-death experience when you were young, and when you came out of that, you started noticing mm-hmm. things. But when you were ill, did you notice? Did you have some? Uh, initially, you had some eerie experiences. While you were ill, before you went into the near-death experience and came back, didn't you mm-hmm. feel that somebody was kind of like babysitting you, that you're not sure if that person really was there or not during the time that you were kind of like in mm-hmm. delirium when you were ill? Yes, yes. Um, when I uh, was laying there, I actually felt myself dying, and I couldn't really, it was basically like I was almost like I was pinned to the bed. I couldn't move. And so I, you know, saw a light by the door and it just, the light grew and it kind of engulfed the whole. And then the next thing I saw was this, I was laying on a bed with an oxygen tent over the bed, which is what they used to use a lot when, you know, for kids 
um, back when I was young. <laughs> so um, <laughs> next thing I saw, I don't want to give my age away. <laughs> but, um, anyway, okay. so the next thing I saw was uh, a woman standing next to my bed. Um, she flipped up the uh, oxygen tent, and that's the last thing I remember. Um, I remember seeing darkness and then basically standing right next to her. And we and went to, I don't know, heaven, uh, whatever you want to consider it, heaven, the spiritual realm, the other side, afterlife. And I had some interesting experiences over there, which is in the book. And uh, I came back, and I was she healed me and I woke up the next morning with a smile on my face and and ready to jump out of the bed and play you know but of course the doctor was you know kind of scratching his head kind of wondering what or how I was healed so quickly you know because I I was in pretty bad shape I guess from what from what my parents told me anyway did you have a chance to thank the nurse for staying with you Yes, yes, I did. Of course, she, you know, actually, she no, I didn't, I didn't, because she was uh, on the nighttime shift, and but the the nurse that came in the following morning was kind of, I think I kind of freaked her out a little bit because she was reading the chart and shaking her head and trying to figure out why I was doing so well and and you know not laying there with being able to breathe well or whatever, you know, but. Uh, I mean, my lungs were clear. My fever was gone. Um, it was I, what I consider a miracle, you know. And ever since that moment, and I came home within a very short time after that, um, I met a woman uh, when I was outside playing. Met a woman next to this big oak tree that I was playing with my dolls. And... and she wanted me to do a favor for her, and I did, and it kind of started from there. She kind of started a chain reaction of all these spirits coming to me uh, whenever they wanted. <laughs> you know, there was no control over it because I didn't know even know what, who they were or what they were. So so she didn't tell you anything that you're going to now do this or see spirits or talk to them or help them? She didn't say anything like that? It just happened? Uh, are you talking about Agnes or are you talking angel or guide that took me to the other side. Yeah, when you came back and you started having experiences and you met oh, that lady. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, she didn't say anything. I mean, basically, she was gone by the time I gave the message to the woman across the street, and that's where she sent me, which was her daughter, come to find out later, because um, she had died, and her daughter apparently had been looking for something and couldn't find it, and she gave me the message after that, it was like she was gone. You know, I didn't see her again. So, um, of course, she didn't stick around for the <laughs> the aftermath when my parents getting right, mad at me for right. going across the street. You know, but I was going to say yeah. it must be amazing and a risk going across the street when you had no permission to do so, but yet you felt compelled to do this, deliver this message, and you got mm-hmm. in trouble for it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> My my dad was not real happy with me. I, as a matter of fact, I remember getting my my backside paddled a little bit for that. So, oh yeah, they they they, they showed mm-hmm. us back then. They let us know. 
that uh, they need to say you're yeah. going to take a swim oh, you know. or are you going to get your fanny tanned? <laughs> yeah. Fanny tanned, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, you know, my mom my mom was a good one for always saying, wait till your dad gets home, and we knew what that meant. You know, for, for me as the youngest, it always meant, you know, I was either going to get a really long discussion with my dad or I was going to get my butt paddled, you know. And that particular night, I so I mean, my, you know, he didn't hear, he didn't hurt us. He would just give us a good swat on the butt and call it good, you know. And uh, but we got the message real, real good. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> they knew, they knew a way to instill fear in us, you know, make us anticipate the other one coming home, and you know, you're you're stressing out the whole time because you know you're going to get in uh-huh. trouble. So, you know, it's, well, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help to have an to have an older brother that. Yeah, I mean, my brother was a real um, teaser. You know, he always he was always laughing at us when we got in trouble. You know, so <laughs> when we got in trouble, it was a big it was a big joke. You know, so yeah, I remember sitting there all for most of the afternoon waiting for on the couch like my mom told me and waiting for my dad to get home and and uh, of course you know the first thing that parents do when they see each other at night after work is okay how was your day and then she went into the whole story about what happened with me and next thing I know my dad's standing in front of me and my my brother's over in the chair snickering because you know I was going to get it you know and so oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah so must be difficult to grow up having experiences uh I was watching Chip Coffee's Psychic Kids, and one mm-hmm. of the shows, one of the kids had a terrible time because the mother wasn't sure what was going on, but she trusted the, the child. But the father said, "No, that's you're being deceived by the devil." And right. you know, it was really very difficult challenges, very hard for him uh, to come to terms with with what he was seeing and what he's being told, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you must yes. have been in a similar situation where you had to hide all these experiences. It must be really daunting for you to have to go through that. Yeah, it was it was not easy by any means. Um the problem the biggest problem was is that um I was raised to believe a certain way and and we were Southern Baptist. I'm not sure like this, but ours was um, the pastor was very fire and brimstone type of preacher. And, you know, you knew, like, if he was looking at you, you were in trouble, you know, or something, you know, he felt like about two inches high. But, um, my, my biggest fear was that if I told my family what was going on, they would think that I was either mentally unbalanced or that I, you know, they wouldn't love me anymore because, and that was just my own fears taking that. I think probably if I would have told somebody, it probably would have worked out okay, but that's, you know, the hindsight. Um, You don't think about that when you're five or six years old. You know, you think about what you know. And as far as I was concerned, you know, those, those things that I just laid out were, was what was going to happen, you know, and, I couldn't deal with that in my own little mind. I had to learn on my own the difference between what I was taught about God and about um, 
all that. And then I also have the other side of it where I'm finding out that not all these spirits are, are go you know, are bad. That a lot of them are very good, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. and that was I had to kind of find the middle part of that of my religion and and my spiritual side of me and try and put it together into one piece, you know, like a puzzle. And it was very difficult. I mean, I didn't have anybody to guide me. I had no mentors. Um, it, I'll tell you, it, it was very... It, it affected me in a lot of medical ways as I, you know, as I grew up. Um, like I would, I would have, I had uh, times where I wasn't sleeping. And I had, you know, I, I ended up going into this, you know, really low um, iron kind of thing where I wasn't, I wasn't able to get up and move around very much. I was tired all the time, you know, that kind of thing. And so, I mean, it affected me in more ways than just in my mind. It was it was affecting my, my body as well. And that was very, very difficult to my parents what I thought was going on, you know. Uh, that's why they have people that teach mediumship and psychic development these days. You know, yeah. uh, I've... Talk, you know, had lots of experiences, and I would tell them, "Well, you're you're psychic medium. You know, you should get a little training just to understand it more." Well, I'm a psychic medium. I have the gift. What I need training for this, and I didn't understand when they come running, mm-hmm. running back to me with the attachments that they've had, spirits that follow them home. They're beating up on them or whatever, or they're just totally drained. They have no energy or they're ill. Like mm-hmm. I'm not telling uh-huh. them to get. A training or the course, you know, with or, or at least with a mentor, because they don't have the right. gift. Sure, they have the gift, but you have to know you have to have a little some guidance to have an understanding mm-hmm. about it, so mm-hmm. that you know how right. to protect yourself, how to keep from being drained, how to keep from saying the wrong thing to somebody, how to you know protect yourself from uh, other spirits or right. whatever. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just having the gift, and uh, so right. apparently. You, nobody told you you didn't have that advantage, and all these things were happening <laughs> no. to you because of your gift. I mean, both amazing mm-hmm. and then also some things that just would really make you feel ill or drained or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, a lot. I mean, a lot of what I saw. I mean, because I actually saw these spirits. It wasn't like I was seeing them, and and a lot of these spirits came in varying ways. I mean, they'd come as, you know, the old lady just who had passed away in her bed, you know. I mean, it was, um, she was very normal looking. And then I would get, on the on the higher part of that, I was getting um, spirits coming to me in their death form, which, you know, I don't know, a lot of people may not understand what I'm talking about, but death form to me is where they're coming and they, they look like they looked at the point of their death, you know. Um, okay. In other words, if somebody was hit in the head, yeah, yeah, with a shotgun in the head, you see the mangled head with a third of it missing. Some of them perhaps were murdered also, but somehow they reconciled that. You see them as a regular ghost, even though they had been wounded that way, maybe different stages of dead people is what Mm -hmm. you're trying to say, right? Right. I think think the the person with the immediate death might have came to me in the death form. Because they didn't know any different, the spirit. Right. Okay. They they might not have known that they've about the what about the ones that have already that um, the ones the ones that 
died a violent death, those are the ones that that didn't understand, right? Mm -hmm. And I think some of them came to me that way because they were trying to give me a message without you know, not know, or maybe they didn't know how to, because not everybody knows everything, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm one of those people. I don't know um, the spiritual realm and why, you know, why spirits come to us the way they do, but I can tell you that a lot of them, they would tell me, you know, certain things, but it's like they couldn't tell me other things, you know, like, it's almost like they didn't remember how they died, but they knew they were dead or vice versa you know they didn't know they were dead you know and that kind of thing so which we run into a lot in in investigation as well you know they don't know they don't remember how they died or you know they do pretty weird that way sometimes so this is a uh an interesting question do you uh did it happen or did you realize that none of the interview had somebody that passed away and kind of stayed here, mm-hmm. and they're what you call a ghost, or mm-hmm. somebody that died and saw a light and went to that light to the spirit world and then came back to talk to you. Right. You see the difference. Right. Have yeah. you had both of those? Both of yeah. those when growing up, and yeah, how can you tell a difference? Mm-hmm. It's the energy. Um. To me, uh, yeah. someone that's crossed, their their energy is higher and more pure, if that makes sense. And someone yeah. who's yeah. died, their yeah. their energy feels kind of um, oh, what's a good word to put it? Uh, confined, you know, like it's not brilliant. You know, their their energy isn't brilliant like uh, someone who's crossed and come back. You know what's funny when I see deceased people. If it's a ghost, it's pretty much uh-huh. I'll be looking right at them. And if it's uh, yeah. somebody that's crossed over and came back, I, I have to look up a little bit because they're mm-hmm. in a, a dimension mm-hmm. that's different. I have to look up a little bit, and if it's an angel or something, I look up a little higher. And yeah. the vibrations, the higher the spirit, the finer the vibration, the lower the spirit, the yes. more heavy the vibration. Does that make sense to you? And a negative spirit has a very, very unmistakable vibration. Oh, dense, very, very dense energy, and it's, it feels like you got bugs crawling all over you. To me, that's what it feels like. I mean, that's mm. it's like a a tingly from head to toe, you know, being tingly. And then I know that it's, or I get that sometimes. You know, you know, there's so much to being. You know, this is some of the stuff that I talk about is. There's so much that people don't understand about media or, you know, whatever they want to call us, clairvoyance or <laughs> whatever, gifted. Um, there's such a big difference about how we perceive things, you know. And my perception of things went like a perception of when I'm doing a ghost hunt um, is different than when I'm just communicating with a spirit, you know. Because uh, you go into these different buildings or or wherever you're at, a uh, haunted location, and it's like you're getting drawn to them instead of them being drawn. So that's a big difference. Um, it's almost like you know you're you're trying to find them, but they're hiding at, at a ghost hunt. And then when when they're trying when you're trying to give a message from a spirit for a loved one or whatever, then 
that's different too. I mean, there's just so much that people don't understand that, you know, what the feelings that we get. And plus I'm empathic too. So that doesn't help all the time. I mean, uh, that makes it pretty difficult at times. So. Yes, I totally understand. No, our energy, whether it has any way to. Yeah. You were talking about the different, the difference in you were talking about the difference in uh how you see things, David, when you see a spirit is you know, they seem a little higher as as they're you know, they're it's almost like a um um I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. But anyway, as as they progress in their in their like come back, their their spirit progresses and it ascends higher. And that's why angels are so high above them because Angels have never been a person in, in a living. Per- they've never been a living person. They've they've always been an angel, you know. So, um, yeah, there's a difference there too. Uh, yeah, I get off track it, sometimes, so you just have to kind of swing me back in the right direction. <laughs> that, that's all right. It's okay. Now here's something I've noticed that you no, know, I have when I'm talking to a spirit, whether it's a ghost or somebody from heaven. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. some of them. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with personality or their stage or whatever. Like I'd be talking to mm-hmm. Marie and I can see him really clear and I can hear everything they're saying and everything. And then, you know, somebody else, I have to struggle to get the information out of them or whatever. But whenever I've right. got an animal, like a cat, mm-hmm. a dog, a horse or something in a reading, I don't have to struggle. It's absolutely clear as a bell everything and i'm thinking that Mm -hmm. maybe because they don't have this believe not believe you know whatever Mm -hmm. they don't have to go through those intellectual struggles like we do they just know it and that's it and so it's easier to read an animal Mm -hmm. i mean could that have something to do with you know because i've talked to spirits uh, i have talked to remember that reading sherelle and that group reading i mean uh, this yeah. one lady I got, she's in her church clothes, holding the Bible, and she said she didn't believe in what I was doing. And I was talking to her daughter, and she said, "Yep, that's my mom." I mean, you get yeah. even even when they crossed over, they still don't believe it. I mean, hello. So you get all kinds of personalities, right, Sandy? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, you get some that are grumpy. You know, you get some that are they just don't want to talk to you. You know, they 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 figure that they don't. You know, it's it's kind of like they're almost in that, um, even though they've crossed and they've seen the other side and they know what's going on over there, but yet they come back to visit, they're grumpy, you know. Their personalities, I, I say this all the time to people and they, I don't know, they kind of look at me weird, but just because a person, their body dies and their energy moves on does not mean that their personality is going to change. It remains the same. It's like exactly what I was, was going to say good, next. Yeah, if it was a good person, if the person was good in life and you know, overall, you know, good but had gr- their grumpy times or whatever, that doesn't change. I mean, it's, it's, it remains the same. And if you're if you're a bad person in life, that doesn't change either. That's where the dark spirits come in. You know, they they start progressively getting darker as time goes by if they remain here. Yeah. So. And there's. They yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Yeah, yeah. And the thing is is that when a dark 
there is so fine line to a demon that a lot of people get confused about that. Okay, let me. I want to try and explain this, and hopefully your listeners will understand what I'm talking about. But a dark spirit can um, assume different shapes, you know, assume different, per, you know, people, just like a demon does. A, um, you know, because you hear a lot of t- a lot of stories about demons that'll come to children or whatever in childlike form. Right, and they can right. do that because they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to get closer to that person and gain their trust so they can basically Fun. jump on them. Um, exactly. And a, a dark... Now, now they will do that over time. A demon doesn't do, do things automatically. They sit back and they destroy your life from the, in, from the inside out until everything is gone. Okay? And you're, you're at your most desperate times. That's when... That's a demon. Okay? But a dark spirit... It automatically, they will start, you know, uh, kind of like a poltergeist activity. They'll throw things around the house, so they'll push you or shove you or, or whatever. And that is a dark spirit. There's a big difference. And a lot of people think automatically because there's something bad going on or there's an attachment, they think it's a demon, but it's not. Demons are very, yeah. very rare. Not only are they very yeah. rare, but they usually do not want to reveal themselves and be known that this is, in fact, a demon that's been uh, right. causing us problems because they know that if people find out they're going to make an attempt to get rid of it. So they try for mm-hmm. as long as they can to remain hidden, and they mm-hmm. are more powerful than a poltergeist dark human spirit because they can right. make rooms very cold, nasty stenches, mm-hmm. Scratch and mm-hmm. attack people, make you have nightmares, do a lot of stuff, right. and do some very heavy prolonged activity that's stronger and longer mm-hmm. when they want to do it than a human dark spirit is ever possible, capable of doing. But you know, a lot of people right. don't know that demons are rare, and they don't know the difference mm-hmm. between uh, a dark spirit, a demon, or a poltergeist caused from a teenager or a poltergeist mm-hmm. activity, which is an actual active ghost, you know, that causes these frightening things. People don't know. Mm-hmm. That's why we have people like you on our radio show to educate mm-hmm. the audience that may not know it and the books that you write so you can teach and tell people, explain this uh, to the world. And not only that, but sit there, you know, with the fireplace going and a cup of hot chocolate and read your book, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and enjoy themselves. <laughs> That's why we have yeah. people like you yeah. on the show to educate people. Yeah, yeah. But let that's me get one thing I wanted to ask about you guys. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I, that, that's, okay. that's one thing I wanted to ask about um, but to both of you is that why is it that they always try to isolate one person and try to make them feel like they're they could be in a family, but they just pick on that one person and isolate them. And no one else is thinking about it, or they they get the the mother. You know, I was watching a couple of haunting shows, and it's like always when the husband's out of town or working out of town or out of the house for right. the night, and they just go get that one person. Well, for instance, okay, let's give it an example. Um, she's got her kids there. Her husband's gone off, like you said, gone off to work. He's the strong-minded one in the family. Okay. 
the the if it's a demon or if okay, let's just let's just go with the dark spirit. If it's a dark spirit, they're going to terrorize the weakest in the family first. Which would you normally okay. be children if there's children present. Um right. and then it's gonna work up to the family, you know, to the mom and then eventually the dad will start having experiences of his own. And that's when it consumes the whole family in fear. You know, that's their goal. That's the dark spirit's goal. And another interesting thing about dark spirits is that the longer they're present in the home or building or whatever, the longer they're present, the more that they, any other spirits that are present there also get consumed and it turns into this, this, this sludge, you know, of, and it's not even really a spirit anymore. It's more like a facsimile of them, you know, and it starts turning into this this really dark energy. And when when people do see it, it usually is a really black shadow figure, almost uh, almost the blackest black you can think of. Yeah, I mean, okay. not all shadow people. And that see, there's a lot of weird things about this because there's a lot of shadow. You know, people talk about shadow people. They see them in gray color, white, you know, gray. Whatever. But that black does not necessarily mean evil. It just a lot of times it just means that that's all the spirit can um, manifest is that shape, you know, their shape. And that doesn't mean it's evil though. But if you if you run across something that's like slithering over the top of beds or up the wall or or whatever, that's when you're talking about a dark spirit that you know they usually hang out where the person is that they're trying to. Um, whatever, um, and they will like almost like hang over them like a dark cloud. Yeah, doing all they can even when they're sleeping. They draw their energy from negativity and fear. Exactly. When they attack people, they cause anxiety, and that makes them happier. And then if they're Mm -hmm. trying to destroy the individuals. It gives them more power, and they have to get it somewhere. And I guess like attracts like, negative, you know, sends out negative energy, and it charges them up. Mm -hmm. And they're so deeply lost and stuck in that dark world of Mm -hmm. hopelessness, anger, bewilderment, whatever, that that's all all they can see. They can't see anything else, so it just keeps getting worse, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to give an example, imagine a wolf pack, okay, and they're consuming some elk or something that they killed. Well, eventually, you know, they're going to pick that thing apart and they're going to eat eat everything. Well, that's kind of what a dark spirit's like. Eventually, it, it may take a little while, but they're very patient. It's kind of like a demon in a sense, but not because, you know, they're constantly giving out fear and but a demon will you know kind of sit back and 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 destroy this piece of your life and then that piece of your life and and then another piece of your and you're at your wit's end and you know you start acting different your family's different i mean it, it just everything is consumed by the by evil when it's a demon Con, i mean literally consumed so, thank you. That's that. I that answers my question. <laughs> thank you very mm-hmm. much. 
You're very welcome. Very nice. Now you have ghosts that are, you know, people, deceased people that they passed away, but they are, they're mm-hmm. not bad people. They just like the property or something, so they're hanging out, or maybe they aren't bad and they didn't go to the light because maybe mm-hmm. they thought, well, they'd be punished because they're religious, right. so they just hung around, but they're still okay, okay. spirits, and and they're doing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the picture that you took on your property of that ghost, you know, in daylight, yeah. which is amazing, um, I suppose you can take pictures of, of a ghost or a spirit anytime, 24 hours a day, but I guess in, in the daylight, since everything, lighting is better maybe, I don't know, you can get better pictures of them, or does it matter? You know, a lot of times, yeah, it does. I mean, I think they turn out better if they're in the daylight, but the problem is that's very rare, too. Um, that I tell you, when we saw that picture, you know, because I downloaded the the pictures onto my, or the photos, and I was shocked when I saw that. I had no idea, because we didn't see it. I mean, Russ was taking the pictures, so... It just was there, and I'm going, what is that? You know, and I, I zoomed in on it, I'm going, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> I had no we had no idea. It was, it was like it's leaning on that, that post out there, you know. What it looked like is he's behind a tree, but looking at some type of electrical meter or gauge or something yeah. that he was holding on to it, looking at it or something. It looked uh-huh. like PG&E guy looked, checking out the meter or something. That's what it looked like, but it was all white, shaped like yeah. a human. And it was just an mm-hmm. amazing photograph. I've seen lots of photographs over the years of spirits, orbs, ectoplasm, and you name it, and you yeah. know, in various forms. And this one here is clear as a bell. No, no mistaking yeah. that you have well, a ghost see, on I, film. What I thought was bizarre was that we, you know, we preach a lot about how the energy is affected. You know, uh, like the spirit. <laughs> suck the energy out of our batteries and things like that when we're, we're carrying cameras and all that. And it, it was really bizarre seeing him standing there kind of with right next to that power box, you know. And I wondered, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, I wonder if he's using that so he can manifest so we can see him. You know. You know what? That's a good point. I Just just when you started saying I just realized it's a power box uh-huh. he's next to. Hello. He's He's got his yeah. arms outstretched and he's holding it like uh mm-hmm. yeah that totally makes sense wow and the timing was probably yeah. no coincidence yeah. either yeah that was cool. oh and i was going to tell you guys uh, yeah i was going to tell you guys that uh, i'm putting together a website i mean you guys know about our haunted quest usa thing that russ and i you know that we do and i'm putting a website together now so i'm going to put the the web address in the in the uh, chat room for everybody that they can look okay. at it and go over, go over to the website. It's not completely done, people. I'm wor- I've been working on it for a week now, and then it's so the, the the website is so big, so much stuff on it that it's taking me forever to put it together. So it should be done by Monday. But in the meantime, I can still they can go over and take a look anyway. So, but I thought I'd awesome. mention that while I was. Yeah. Thank you. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And no, both you guys are amazing. Uh, I'll just say paranormal researchers and investigators. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. 
and, and yes, the rest you are. is really cool. I, I enjoyed the experience when Sherelle and I, you and Russ, all four of us, we mm-hmm. went to uh, Alcatraz Penitentiary in San Francisco Bay, Haunted, and you got some yes. long film there and had experiences, mm-hmm. and Russ got some recordings. We went to the Winchester uh-huh. Mystery House in San Jose, and we ha- uh, had some experiences there. Then we went to the USS Hornet in the East Bay and Alameda. Uh-huh. And right. had and had some experiences there, and I get I got a good ghost picture there in the in the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just amazing, you know. Why are we successful right away just on one little visit? Is it you know compared to other people? Could it have anything to do with our energy to where we're successful like that because we're mediums or something, or what could it be? I, I think it is. I think it's just because that they. You know, I, I try to like it to us being like a lighthouse, you know, shooting out that light, you know, and spirits are drawn to that. And that's my best explanation for any to anybody that asks me about that because I have no idea why they're so drawn to us. And I, I just think it's our energies collide and they feel that we can communicate with them. And that's where, you know, that's what I've always thought. And, and I think, um, you know, when we go to play, like when we went to um, the USS Hornet, you could feel it was. It wasn't just the like spirits that were remaining there, because several, but um, I think it also has to do with the residual energy that's left over from all the battles and stuff that happened on that ship, and it's it's like soaked into the um, the walls of the boat or yeah. the ship. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think it just remains there, and it just ha- you know it just happens to collide with us, and we feel that you know, it's very. It was wow that was that was a cool experience. I mean, and Russ had an interesting experience while we were on that ship, and I can, I think he told you guys about it, but I'm not sure. So well, I'm gonna let well, him go. We have Russ co- yeah, let Russ yeah, come I'm gonna in and tell us about it. Hang on, I'm gonna unplug my earphone so that he can hear you and talk. You guys there? Yeah. Yes, we are. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Hi, Russ. Hey. What's up? How's it going, Big Daddy? What's happening? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Miss you guys down you know, here. Yeah, talk about the what happened to you on the U.S. Oh, my God. Uh, I went into the head uh, for all you guys. Uh, right outside the uh, the, uh, the the quarters uh, where the the crew members slept, the pilots and, and whatnot. And I'm in there and I'm, I'm relieving myself. And uh, you can uh, I don't know, guys, you've been in the bathroom when you're in there. You can hear. I'm sure you girls can too. This is metal, okay? So when the stream hits the metal, it makes a distinct sound. It echoes. It echoes. It, it kind of like reverberates off all the walls. So I'm just standing there. You know, looking around, wondering about, you know, who had been in there. I mean, that craft had picked up the Apollo astronauts, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on. The President of the United States had been in that head. Who knows? You know, it was real That's cool. Right. And then all, That's right. All of a sudden, right beside me, I heard that second stream hit the metal. And I froze for just a second. I looked over to my left. 
Nobody there, but I said, what's up? And took my pants and left. Yes. I ghosts have to go too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Now you know some of it's active and some of it's residual, like Sandy said. Now I one of the mm-hmm. jails I worked in, every night at a certain time I'd hear uh a gate which is comprised of metal bars slammed shut. So mm-hmm. one night, I was waiting for it to happen at the time, and I ran. Like in two seconds, I was there. There was nobody around. So I'm figuring that was a loud slam, and I figured that maybe that was a residual haunt, uh, something, yeah. because the gate so powerful, it would slam shut that it echoed. And at the same time, every night, probably when it was mainly used, that's when you can hear it slam, mm-hmm. even though it didn't even move or anything like that. It could What you experienced have either been that or could have been a spirit just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? Active, haunted, yeah. bathroom, bro. Okay. Oh, is that the one? Now, what about that dark bathroom that we went to that Sherelle found a passage and opened the door and it was pitch black in there we were photographing? Because I could swear that's a spirit coming out of the wall by Sandy. As Did you have experiences mm-hmm. in there? It felt kind of heavy in there, actually, to me. You know, it was kind of a different feeling. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like a dark spirit. Yeah. It felt, it felt, felt uh, kind of uh, compressed, or you know, uh, heavier than most energy that I feel, you know, spirits anyway. Right. 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 Russ it's, gave it's me quick like, spirit. It's like that whole ship. Uh, it, it, like we've investigated a few places and the building has actually sucked up the energy yeah. and it seems like that boat is just one giant time capsule of energy. Yes, yeah, that's what it feels like. It, 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 it uh-huh. definitely feels like there's a lot of layers in that in that ship. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you. yeah. That's, where I that's true. But Alcatraz, I loved Alcatraz. Yeah, that was great. That has a lot of layers, too, because it had uh, Civil War, military, uh, before that, Native Americans, and then after that, penitentiary and so forth. And I saw on the History Channel where they were talking about their experiences, the people that worked there, and they saw, I guess on the 100th anniversary of the Civil War, they heard a bunch of cannon fire out there, and they said, oh, I didn't know we were having this celebration today with these reenactors, Right. And this lady got a friend, and he saw it. Then they went back inside, and it was quiet. He went back outside. There was nothing there. Could that be an ex- right. a rare example of something like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which... I wish I had so, seen that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, let me tell you a little story that just happened to us. We're sitting here in the house, in the trailer, or mobile home, and... All of a sudden, we hear this foghorn. Now, you got to understand, the river is, what, maybe two miles from us? Um, you know, and, it, you know, it's not, we have no other water close to us. Now, we heard foghorns, like, twice. It went off twice, like a boat would do. Now, see, they used to have steamboats that would go up and down the river pulling logs from, you know, upriver down to the bay for the ship. Yeah. Well, and take them to San Francisco, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they take them, yeah. you know, to wherever along the coast, the you know the north, you know the coast of the right, some buildings, stuff like that. Right, right. 
so you know that was that's that's one that's definitely a residual. There's another one. So we had a train. Now uh, the train tracks are are gone. Are gone. They're approximately maybe 750 feet, 800 feet away from it. No, a thousand feet downhill. So there's there's been no train up here in years. Probably 30 years. And we heard a train loud and clear. And not, I mean, it was just perfectly executed. It, it, it was a perfect horn. Uh, nothing else sounds like a, a locomotive. Uh, you know, you guys know you, 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 you've been stuck waiting on trains, I'm sure. Yeah. And they got a right. distinct sound to them. Yeah, uh, yeah right. it, it's pretty cool up here. Well, let's see what a lot of people don't understand. Russ and I live in the foothills of the... And a volcano, by the way. Yeah. Like, you have to bring that up. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So if it goes off, you don't hear from us. You know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. Um, well, you know, that's really but, uh, odd because we live by some abandoned tracks, and they're trying to get it going again, you know, to save energy and stuff. But they sorry. closed off the tracks from downtown to where we live, and the tracks that pass by our, near our house are abandoned. And... Uh, I guess it uh-huh. hasn't been since the early 90s since any trains have ran on it. And there's been times when Terrell wake up and say, you hear that? It sounds like a train. And I'm thinking about how could it be a train? Many times, right. you know, it's not like a train. Because when we lived in uh, the East Bay, we could hear an actual train that went by over there. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a standard gauge train. This one here is an old narrow gauge train. It sounded just the same. And I'm say, and I'm just realizing later that oh my God maybe that's residual energy from the the abandoned tracks that are nearby here just like you guys had too because there's not being any trains right. running by here but yet it sounds just like a train passing with a the you know the right. whistle and all that stuff wow that is amazing yeah. I just I didn't realize well, it, until just now when you well you know we, the train tracks um, actually are gone the only thing left is like where it sat you know. And they've scraped all that down, and now it's a walking path. Yeah. Oh. Oh, even yeah. the train tracks are gone. Wow. Wow. And now I do know trains because when I was when I was a teenager, I no young young adult years and years ago, I used to live in an apartment, and the train would go by right behind the apartment. So I I you know could go to. It, after a while, you know, you get used to the sound, and you can go to sleep, and it doesn't bother bother you. But it used to shake the building, too. So mm-hmm. it was just interesting mm-hmm. to to know in your area that even the tracks are gone, but you still hear the train. Right. Yeah. That was the first time we had ever heard that, but the foghorn really, really blew us away because there hasn't been boats up and down, not steamer boats up and down that river since probably – the 20s, 1920s? And, and, here's, and here's the kicker. It was really foggy. Yeah, it was really foggy outside, too. Yeah. So it was kind of, which made it kind of cool, you know. Wow. Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. That's interesting. So, so do you think it's a residual? Yes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's been a lot of accidental deaths in, in this part up here. Uh, yeah, the highway, highway alone. There's been a lot of deaths on this highway out here that that runs, you know, from a small town called Cedar Woolley up up here to Concrete where we live, and it's 
there's always, I mean, there's always like, you know, but it's kind of, you know, a lot of people can say, call it bloody 20. Bloody 20, yeah. Yeah. And so wow. we have a lot of activity up here. Yeah. You know, a lot of the listeners might not know what residual is. And I think it's pretty mm-hmm. much like when you uh, have a magnetic tape, and it's called magnetic because it has ferrous elements uh, into the tape to where it uh, can pick up certain sound waves or energy and record it, play it back. And I think that the elements, you know, with metal or quartz or, you know, other types of iron or steel, whatever, uh, in areas around here can pick those things up and mm-hmm. absorb them, and then just the disperse. I believe that after a certain time they disperse, and you get a vision or a sound, which is like a tape playing back. So that's a residual haunting, not an active, intelligent one. Is that pretty much, uh, you know, in the basket, what we it can, is? Yeah, we, we consider it kind of like um, whatever it was. Say, say the train, for instance, it left a footprint, basically, or an imprint of its energy, because everything's made out of energy, you know, a book, you know, like a book, a tree, a, a horse, you know, everybody's made out of, everything is made out of energy, regardless of its material objects or, or people, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, dispersed in one place for whatever reason, and it just happens, you know, like a tape player playing over and over again. If that makes sense. That does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, Very nice. And that's, <laughs> yeah. So you were um, saying earlier uh, when we were talking also, Sandy, that you were, you've were you been really, really busy lately. So tell us what you got going on. Well, like I said, I'm putting putting together this website for Haunted Quest USA, which hopefully by next spring we're going to be starting our travels again and trying to uh, visit as many haunted locations. We're going to be doing haunted reviews. And, like, we'll go to a place and then give it a rating, you know, like a ghostly rating kind of thing. Matter of fact, I got a couple on the the blog already. One is the Winchester House. I gave it four stars because – and the only reason I didn't give it five – and video inside. I'm not just rating the haunting. I'm rating the people um, that are, you know, like, say if it's a, like Winchester House, their tour guides are very nice and very pleasurable to be around, you know, and those kind of things go into our, our, our haunted rating kind of thing. So, yeah, so we're doing that. Um, I'm in the works of writing two different books. Both, uh, one is fiction, the other one is kind of, Based on true events, um, it's going to be called Devil's Tower. Uh, it's, it's a place up here that we had some really weird, crazy, scary experiences at. Um, then um, I'm writing another book called The Ghost of the Upper Skagit because there's so many hauntings up here people just don't know about. And we got a presentation in January. Yeah, uh, yeah January. Yeah, then I got a, you know Russ and I have a presentation to do um, at the at the uh, History Museum up here in Concrete in January. Any, you know, any dates or anything yet, but it's coming. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just busy. You know, I try to stay busy, otherwise my 
my mind turns to mush. And then on her pastime, she puts up with me. Yeah, that's the hardest part. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now, remember, yeah. when you decide to go to Gettysburg, you have to take uh, David with you. I'll stay in the van and um, be the command center and just record, uh, but you guys can actually go onto the Gettysburg property. Well, we're going to make some, what we're going to do. Well, see, when we leave here, we have to go south because I have to go to California to somebody's house for just a visit or a little while for some odd reason okay. or another. Okay, you know I love that. Our plans are, the first trip is to come down to California, come visit you guys, then go down to Las Pickup. Route 66, and we're going to take Route 66 across the country, or you know, across the bottom of the U.S. and then up into Chicago, and then we'll go from there. We're going to head east from there. Wow, that's going to be awesome. Route 66, yeah. the haunted highway. That's right. Got to rate oh, yeah. that one. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. We're going to go to all these different abandoned towns and stuff. Oh yeah, it's going to be covered. Believe me, and go to. I, I, you know, I'm a big advocate for for doing investigations at ghost towns. I just love them. They're just, uh, there's nothing like them. I'm telling you. We, we like to find the ones that nobody ever heard of, you know, and they're out in the middle of nowhere and they get no attention whatsoever. That that's what you like to find, yeah. you know, because uh, when you go into a place that's been hit 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 by teams of paranormal investigators, I'm I'm sorry. The the uh, the it's, yeah they they don't want to feel like they're in a flea circus you know yeah. That's, yeah. It, it, it's not that the people that's are true. there to help them it's that the people are there to exploit them you know and that that's well you know I, I ain't saying that to everybody you know mm-hmm. but that's the reason we like to go to the unknown places yeah yeah. That is good because in that well, you're right about that that it does seem like uh, we were talking about that earlier this week. Kind of, you know, you see some people that they go and they just want to ex- they just want to experience it, but they don't necessarily want to do anything about the ghosts that are there. Right, right, right. right. And you guys, I mean, I've told you guys this many times, but if I go someplace and I get a ghost telling me, you know, saying to me. On the on the voice recorder or whatever that they need help. Guess what? I'm going to help them if I can. Yeah. Yes. Regardless. I I agree with that. I agree with that because otherwise, you're just listening to you know you're just oh yes they they talk they talk okay thank you very much and we're gone you know as opposed to actually helping them. Yeah. Yeah, and and they should be crossed over if they want to go. I'm sorry, you know that. That's even right. though it's, a, you know, it's usually a public place that you know that that has their ghosts, their um, their draw to their business or whatever. Um, it's pretty sad when they hold them there just for monetary gain, you know. And that's it's my my opinion. <laughs> I'm very I'm very outspoken when it comes to this kind of stuff because I love the fan. I yeah. need to cross the spirits to where they need to be, you know. That, that's doing suffering. the right especially, thing. Yeah, especially children's spirits. And I'll tell you one thing that it really irritates me is is that when people assume that all children's spirits are demons, 
Well, I tell you, you know, that's that's a sore subject for me, and I'll I'll fight with that to the end. <laughs> back down, Sheba, back down. Ugh, that irritates me. <laughs> well, but because a lot of times that's what they show on a lot of the TV channels that that they show that the the they start off as being child spirits, but then they change, and that's what. So you know how it is when you're you're watching the TV channel that that's what they see, and then so they just think, right. oh, well, all you know, all ghosts or all children, but that's not true. You're right. Now, if yeah. you're a good medium, and there is a demon there that's trying to pull stuff like that, in the voice and the look, they a demon cannot get it perfect. If a demon tries to show an apparition of somebody, there's going to be something off about it, something odd. They can't get it just right. If it's a voice of somebody that you think you recognize, the voice is not going to sound quite right. So that's one uh, way to tell that it's not really that spirit because they cannot get it perfect. There's always be an oddity, a flaw there. So not everybody knows that or paranormal investigators know that unless you study demonology but there are certain things that are just not right. You know what I mean? And uh, people uh, no, should not throw a, a blanket over every child's spirit that's a demon in disguise because it's not. Wow, what is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you hear that? Was that an EVP? Oh, wow, that's cool. What is that? What is that? Wait, let's listen for a second. Your name is Ariel. to get the nutrition you want. Is that you? No. No. Hey, it does. It's not me. You guys? It's not Sherelle. No, that's not me. What, did we just catch an EVP? It could be because we've had creepy stuff like that happen before. Yeah, David, when you were on our radio show a couple years back, remember? Yeah. I remember that. That is really odd because, no, I had on stuff like that, too. We'll have, to, we'll, have to play that we'll have to play that back and see if we can uh, tell what it was saying. Yeah. Yeah, the show was recorded, and you can always, like, slow it down a little bit and listen to it. Sound, sound Did like you guys a have a chance to do it it sound like a what? It, it did. It did sound like a commercial. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've, the commercial uh, in, in less than thirty days, I had this show for five years, and I've never heard that any bleed like that come onto the show. So yeah. it makes me wonder. Well, the thing is, and this is something that always happened to us. Whenever we'd have a medium on the show, and especially now, too, David, because me and you are on the show. And both Sherelle and Russ have sensitivities too. Um, it's like our energy pulls things in. When there's a lot of us, yep, that, that, makes that, sense. that really pulls That in. does make sense. That really does yeah. make sense. Yeah. I mean, we, we captured EVPs on our radio show all the time. <laughs> you know how many people go, well, you guys are special. You got, you know. Not everybody has it. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. It's a radio, okay? This is the way I describe it. And you just have to be on the right frequency. That's it. That's it. You're already turned on. The switch is already on. You just got to be listening the right on the right channel. You know, yeah. especially women. 
women are very intuitive. Um, so, yes, we are. Well, the show is a recording because we're not live anymore, and it's being recorded. And it's a okay. recording, so it's being recorded. So uh, spirits can uh, be picked up on recorders. So that makes yeah. sense, too. Plus, there's all this energy yeah, that's going on. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, you know, the places we went when we came down to visit you guys, now, Alcatraz was very cool because we got we captured, even though there were so many people there, um, uh, we still captured EVPs. Now, the, the trick is, is that Russ and I have been doing this so long that I can distinguish very easily, and so can he, the difference between a live voice and a spirit's voice or a ghost voice. And so we captured one... Um, really at the time, but Russ got an EVP in the uh, main cell block, which was really cool. We also went in that room, David, that um, you also got uh, had experiences in there too. I think it was uh, cell 14 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I really like Alcatraz. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But of course, I like the Hard Rock Cafe myself too. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> the what cafe? The Hard Rock Cafe. Oh yeah. Did we all go there? After Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah we did. That was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well, we needed it after that long walk. People don't realize it doesn't. The island doesn't look that big where Alcatraz is, but it's quite big. Yeah, it's pretty good size. I mean, and you're walking uphill most. <laughs> It'll get you. Oh, yes, definitely. And I have to say that um, it's once you, you know, you need something to ground you once you come back and you get on dry land and you need something else to to ground you. So that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what we realized is that, you know, I was talking about the uh, Dark Towers book, or, yeah, the Devil Tower book that I'm going to be writing. It's, like I said, it's based on true stuff. Um, that place we just found out from the guy at the museum that it used to be a limestone plant and a rock crushing plant. Now, wow, limestone, limestone. That's right. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize think... that the limestone is very paranormally charged, basically, and conductive. yeah, conductive, like a. Not beacon, but what is it? It's a um, it's a magnet for it. Well, I believe right. yes. it, it contains quartz because most minerals and limestones basically seashells compressed. But I believe that there's probably, you know, in any mineral, some electric quality to it. And most, including granite, minerals around the earth contain quartz because it's most common. That perhaps that or something some properties of this material uh, absorbs all this energy, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it could be because of all, maybe if there is no quartz and it still does it and the seashells, you know, there could be catacombs in there that can hold moving energy. You know, I'm not a scientist or a physicist, but it seems like the most haunted places are with quartz or limestone or something of that right. nature. 
You know what I mean? Wood or metal or water. (laughs) Well, I think um, overall my scientific uh, explanation about that is uh, she sells seashells by the seashore. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So the interesting thing about the interesting thing about the town that we live just outside of called Concrete used to be called Cement City, but the interesting thing is that it not only has the limestone factor, but it also has uh, a river running right next to the town. Yep. So, you know, oh, yeah. water, wow. is also, water is also conducive, you know. so um, Especially man, if it's I'll a river it, that's moving. Yeah. 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 And it is. Yeah. Who else is that quarry? Yeah, we heard they're up at the rock quarry. The, the guys from the museum told us that there were several deaths at the rock quarry so you know, Russ and I, in our in our investigative mode, is going to are going to be going up there during the day because I want to take photos for the book. But um, to investigate that rock quarry and go back to the limestone plant, which, by the way, we had an experience that I have never had in my whole life, and super freaky. It will be in the book, and it's very. I think we told you about it, though, you guys. That sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a good book. What I'm trying to do is get people to tell me their stories so that I can kind of wrap all these all these experiences and things they've had up there into this book, you know. Um, it'll be, you know, somewhat embellished because, you know, to make a good fiction book, you want, you want some good action, you know, so. Right, right. I think it's probably going to be a big book. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. From Keep on going. About, yeah. From, from what we know about uh, the area up there, a lot of um, teenagers have been taking Ouija boards up there, and they've been doing satanic rituals and all kinds of stuff. Oh, and no. what? Yeah. And so, you know, remember I was talking about the negative energy and how it kind of sludge or whatever. Well, yes. this thing, this thing that we experienced up there, not only up there but in the town as well afterwards, but the thing that we experienced was a huge creature. I'm talking seven or eight foot tall, with red eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know how you can at nighttime you can see out with a flashlight and you hit your your animal eyes. And they're yellow. Uh, they're kind of kind of fluorescent. Uh, we were doing the same thing. We had high-powered uh, spotlights. Uh, me and a partner of mine were uh, uh, guarding the women as we were coming down the hill. This thing was actually hunting us. Yeah. It was stalking us on both sides of the road, it felt like. Yeah. And the drop-off from the road was at least four foot, and this thing came up to eye level with us. Mm-hmm. And have wow. And rest. So you can add like three or four feet onto that. That's huge. Yeah. It was huge. Well, if you can yeah. get a photograph of one of those one of these days, that'd be cool. Well, you know, this whole thing started with uh, us going up there to investigate the plant, which is abandoned and, you know, pretty much derelict now. And us taking pictures down in this pit. As soon as we took the first shot down this hole, we it broke loose. Yeah, you could feel it. 
Sternberg said, we have to go now. Something's not right. I said, we have to go now. I, I, I have never been so negatively, char- felt that negative charge like I did that night, and I've okay. never been so scared in my whole life. I mean, I mean, look, David, I, I'm, I'm from Army, just like you. I've been up on the DMZ in Korea. I know what tension is, and I know what fear is looking at the enemy at, at down the barrel of a gun, knowing that they can come across at any time. I, I know what that feels like. Same feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Sandy wanted to get you guys out of there because uh, she was getting something and she said, well, bring it on. Then somebody would have been attacked, knocked down, overshadowed, drained, made sick. So I think that she was getting the feeling that to get out of there before something bad happens to us, which would have if she hadn't listened to what she was getting. Yeah, well, the thing is is that we had kids with us, you know. And that's my right. Fear was that's for, right. Did. My fear, yeah, my fear was for those kids. So what? What we did is, as, lady, as ladies, you know, put them in the center of us, and then Russ and uh, his his partner investigator, um, Rich, uh, walked behind us and kind of kept that whatever that was at bay with the light. You know, it didn't like the light. No. Okay, so. To me, that that also tells me that there's something wrong there, you know. That's right. That's right. Like town, when we drove the cars back into town, you have to go up a little ways to get to this plant. You have to drive up there and then walk in. And then when we came back into town, we came across the bridge and turned the corner, and there's this massive, massively huge black dog sitting on the sidewalk watching us go by. And then when we got out of the cars, it just looked at us and then left and walked back up towards where we just came from. Yeah, that was the creepy part. It went where we just That, that kind of put the EBGBs up me. So, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of hauntings in, the place, in concrete itself yeah. in, in the surrounding area. Well, you got to be right about all of that. We want to read it all. you got to keep writing all that stuff down. I want to read it. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people will. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a really. It's probably going to be my my best book yet. <laughs> I mean, sounds like I'd like to come up here and check that out. You should. We keep inviting you guys up here, but you don't come up here. I'll send you a key to the house. Yeah. One direction. <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's not a nice yeah, house nice. for you guys. No, yes, it is because it's who's inside. It's what counts. That's the only yeah. way we look at it. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's 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 going to be a, a good book. And the website's going to the website's going to cover a lot of stuff that we've done. Kind of get it out there back to the public. I mean, we used to a lot of people don't know us. We used to have a, a investigation team called Fog Paranormal, and we have a website. We actually have a Facebook page for it, um, but we also have a website. A, Facebook page for Haunted Quest USA slash Haunted Reviews if, you, if anybody wants to look it up you know, and like our, like our page. So. Good. Do you, now, is there somewhere on my... There's so many like pages and stuff and there's so much going on. I'm not sure if I own any of those pages. So I'd like to see how to get um, to them and stuff. Yeah. I will send you a... 
a link to it. How about that on Facebook? That's good. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, it's been fun talking with you guys. We could sit here and talk all night. Yes, we have, have to do this again. <laughs> we have to do this again. Yeah. And, you know, it could be about anything besides all your great books, like the one you just published, The Haunted, which is non fictional. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really an yeah. interesting book. And other books that you've published. In fact, the one about the asylum and that, you know, what happened there, mm-hmm. I, when I was done, I, I wanted more, you know, more. Give me more. <laughs> So keep writing, Sandy. Keep writing. I love your work. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you right now, and this isn't just because uh, I'm on, we're on your show right now. It's because it's true. Close. Very much. Yeah. Miss you. We can't wait to come back and see you guys again. Yes, we definitely well, miss you. you're welcome anytime, and we're going to try and plan a trip up there anyway. So let's do something, you know, yeah, work it out. Hopefully well, 2015 will be, will be better. Yeah. Oh, yeah 2015 be. has got to be a great year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's really, it's really strange because I was just telling something not too long ago, but um, I have had this feeling for about the last six months that something really good is not, not or for you guys or whatever, but for everybody, something big is on the horizon, and I can't. It, it's not letting me know what it is yet, but it's, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So, oh, I bought a lottery like, ticket tonight. Could that be it? <laughs> Maybe, you know. Remember me. <laughs> we will. Okay, but no, I, I know what you're talking about, and I, I hope that's true because I don't feel anything bad coming either. Yeah. That's right. And I think our drought is over. We've had record numbers of rain yeah. nonstop for days. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to yes. predict that my Miami Dolphins beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl this year. Ooh, spank that hand. <laughs> There's Russ's predictions. Right There's now. my prediction. That's you watch. Neither one of them will make the playoffs now because I've said anything. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All yeah. right. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Kaepernick <laughs> is having a couple, of, a little bit of problems, so we'll have to. Kaepernick him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Miami well, Dolphins. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me back on the show, and um, we'll be talking to you soon. And Trell, let us know how David's doing after surgery, okay? I definitely will. I de- I'll keep you in the loop. I'll keep you posted. I'll have his phone um, as well so I can text everybody and let them know that he's out and he's doing fine. Yeah, because I'll probably be looped after surgery. That's yeah. right, you will. Well, you guys, <laughs> you guys take care of yourselves and know that, that we're, you're always in our hearts and our prayers. Hi to the kitties. You guys and as well, to too. Kitties. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well. hi to the kitties. Yes, and hi <laughs> to your kitty cat. Yeah. We love you guys. They were, um, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you both for being on the show. We love you very much. Thank you, Russ right. and Sandy Wells. This has been David and Sherelle Baker on yeah. Beyond the Gate Radio. And we've had our two amazing guests tonight. And this is on Archive. You can listen to it or even get it on Apple iTunes for free. This is Saturday, December 6th of 2014. 
and hopefully we're having back in 2015. Good night, and God bless everybody, and take care. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.